We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. But welcome in. It's a good time to be in Mile High Huddle. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, on these Wednesday evening shows, Mile High Insiders with Luke Patterson. Luke, how you doing? Happy pre-Thanksgiving. Yeah, man, we were talking about it before the show started. It's the calm before the storm, Broncos country, especially with Thanksgiving tomorrow. And football is, of course, synonymous with Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thanks for joining MHI. I'm good, buddy. Uh, I'm feeling really good. Um, It was nice to see a little bit of change last week with the Broncos and the Raiders. I know the result was disappointing. It was frustrating and it was heartbreaking. Uh, But you're seeing some changes. We'll talk about those changes tonight. We'll get into some um, really good pieces. One of our own, Dylan Von Arks, has a really good article. And I know you've got an article that we want to reference as well. So I'm good, man. I'm trying to look at the optimistic side of what we're looking at because at least it wasn't the same thing over and over again. Yeah, no, a little bit of change. I mean, it's always like, oh, the Broncos scored more points and the offense looked better, but it was against the Raiders. Well, they had, you know, could have been 17 points there in the first half could have been, you know, that's, that's where we are at right now, but it wasn't. And also they kind of fell off after that. So um, not to be the curmudgeon, but you know me, I'm sample size, sample size, sample size. I think we saw more vintage Russ, I guess, where the, you weren't working the middle of the field so much, but the quick pass, there was at least some efficiency uh, from him outside the hash marks in the short passing game, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, definitely a, a much tougher task defensively uh, for this Broncos offense this upcoming week, week and we're going to get into that Panthers game as well. Mike S coming in saying, what's up Broncos country? Not much, much Mike. Good to see you. Uh, curious to see what happens with your tide, man. They're close to the playoffs. Uh, it could happen now with Tennessee kind of falling off here with the Hendon hooker injury. We got Nathan, uh, I guess Nat Noble, I can't, Nathan Fawn Noble uh, saying, I know you, Nate, uh, coming in saying, sup guys, we got John coming in saying, sup, good to see you, John, I saw Dylan Von Arks was in the house too, Jace W saying, how are you doing today, Broncos country, I wish this team was less injured uh, than it is, but I guess doing better than the guys in the injury report, uh, we got Ernie Mays coming in, the one and the only Ernie Mays saying, the priest and Scott go Broncos, I am no priest, I'm not going to take that title, uh, but uh, we appreciate you joining us, Ernie, it's always good to hear from you. It's going to be mostly Broncos today. I know you always say Broncos only, but we do need to talk a little bit of Panthers, uh, I think, as well. Mark Lindemode coming in saying, Howdy, Luke. 
Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you, Mark. Always great to see a nice picture of the dog in there. We are very pro dog in here. And uh, Rodney Garcia coming in saying, evening, Luke, Nick, and Scott. And to Broncos country, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And all I want is for the Broncos to score more than 20 points. Mm. For the rest of the season, I think that's a safe bet. If you're talking in one game, I'm not sure that's going to happen against uh, the Carolina Panthers. Panthers have a pretty bad offense. They're kind of like the Broncos are right now in terms of their limitations and weapons. It's DJ Moore and a bunch of question marks out there. I guess they have a second or third round picks and picking a Terrence Marshall. I think is the name from LSU, but not a, a lot of weapons there. Quarterback struggling for them, but their defense is good. It's littered with first round picks. JC Horn, the guy I picked before one pick before Patrick Sertan. He's been very good. He hasn't been Patrick Sertan. So thank you, Carolina, but he's been very good. Uh, Shaq Thompson, one of the more athletic coverage linebackers in football. And they got some dudes on the defensive line as well. Uh, Derek Brown, I think was the seventh overall pick in the draft two or three years ago. And then Brian Burns, uh, one My of the guy. best. Yeah. One of the better edge rushers in this class from Florida state. If you guys recall, there was a rumor that uh, the Rams tried to trade two first round picks to go get him this off season. Now, granted it would have been the 2024 and 2025 first round pick because the Rams first pick this year is with the lions, but uh, he's extremely talented, obviously uh, based on the fact that they turned down two first round picks for him. Yeah, would let loose come in. You guys are the best. Thanks. Let loose. That's appreciate you. You're the best. Let loose three. Uh, n- number three, let loose three, but let loose one in our hearts. No doubt. Uh, Todd Ostendorf. I am thankful for Greg Dulcich and a dynamite defense. Well, let's get into it, Luke. I feel like we said hello to a lot of people in the chat here, but, and this is going to yeah. be a little bit hard in here. We want your guys' thanks, uh, things that you're thankful for as well. Well, uh, but and, things and to be thankful just for. real quick to get back to Rodney real quick with the 20 plus points. I feel you, Rodney. I mean, it's embarrassing yeah. when the Broncos became the first team in the NFL this season to not put 20 plus points up on this Raiders defense. I mean, Max Crosby looked like an MVP out there and it was just, it was a, a bummer because you saw a complete flip flop between quarters and halves, the second and the third quarter the third quarter, as you know, is where the Broncos die. And it's just atrocious when you look at it. I think it's 12 total points overall when you go back to nine games or so, 10 games. Um, It's outstanding in the fact that, like, how can this continue to go on? Folks, okay, Melvin Gordon got the ax, and I wrote about that on myhighhuddle.com. But look, man, it's it's just – you're seeing a little bit of change, but then you saw things revert back. And I think that's where some frustration lies, but the point scoring um, things are erratic right now. It's cool to see Clint Kubiak for me, at least get another shot. I like the way that the offense came out and that's the way it should go, especially when things are scripted. But yeah. uh, ultimately I don't really know what's going on with the play calling down there. That's what's scary, Nick. I mean, we could say that, Clint Kubiak's going to get it, but Nathaniel Hackett, he can veto the plays, and Russell Wilson, he can audible the plays. So who the hell really knows <laughs> when the plays ultimately getting snapped, who it's coming from? Yeah, really. I mean, it's kind of crazy out there uh, with how that all is set up in the power dynamics, and we haven't even – it's kind of weird how little we hear from direct Broncos tied media sources about the personal coaches that Russell Wilson has in the building. I mean, with how bad this offense has been – you'd think there's probably a little bit of conflict uh, in there, but um, all that will probably be revealed in due time. Uh, I want to say hello to some more people in here. Trevor Sandal. It's been a second. Trevor said, thankful for Luke and Nick on Maha huddle, bringing the heat. Thank you. Uh, 
we better be bringing the heat because apparently when I have my heat on, um, it's really loud. So freezing my butt off in the basement out here. David McElrath, happy Thanksgiving, Broncos country. Good to see you, David. We appreciate you. Uh, we also had, oh, there was one more in here I wanted to say hello to. Uh, but I mean, all you guys want to say hello to all of you, but appreciate you coming in. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, the point about the Broncos scoring more than 20 points. I will say in this last game, one of the reasons the Broncos did not score 20 points in this game was because of the defense. Now, hear me out. This this is going to be not a stretch here, but it's it's uh, something that Broncos fans, especially if you're tuning in Mile High Huddle, you guys should have the appreciation of what what's going on in the game versus just what the bottom line says. This was a very slow-paced game. There was very few possessions in this Broncos versus Raiders game because the Broncos were letting the Raiders move the ball down the field play after play. Josh Jacobs was killing them in the first half. I think there was only three possessions for the Broncos in the first half, if I recall correctly, and they scored 10 points on that, almost 17. Now, obviously, they go flatline in the second yep. half, but your points per, per possession uh, in this game was actually pretty good. A big reason that you were not able to ride a little bit more men- momentum in that first half is because Broncos defense could not get off the field and stop Josh Jacobs. Yeah, that was that was atrocious. The defense kind of had a poor performance. There's no way to, you know, get around it. And Pastor Tan got beat by the best. And and that's gonna happen and playing corner, especially. Um, I think he handled it like a man, like a professional. And uh I respected that fact that he didn't, you know, hang anybody out to dry, any other teammates or anything like that. He's like, you know, I got beat, and that's where we're at. Gotta have a short memory about it and move on and i can't imagine how poor he felt after the game it was kind of sad watching him uh but no it it happens and it happens to the best it happens to the greats and the rivalry i think now just got started with those two and sertan got one game and adams got one game with an exclamation point with the overtime wins so you got to know that pastor tan will be thinking about that when he's working out in the off season getting ready for next year in the raiders matchup so i think you saw rivalry maybe rekindled a little bit more because of that last play specifically Devonte adams comments he's not there yet that Man, that was tough. That was tough. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. I hate it because obviously we're covering the Broncos and we're on the receiving end of that, but also I love it. I mean, if there's anything that we can do to add a little bit of spice to this, what, what has become a one-sided rivalry recently, even though the Raiders are terrible, the Broncos have been even worse. Uh, I'm here for it. So the matchup within the matchup, I was a little bit shocked in that game. They didn't obviously Devontae Adams still got his, but the Broncos didn't lean on Sertan more on an island versus Adams. And I guess we kind of saw why, although it was an amazing uh, route uh, that Adams ran to beat um, 
to beat Sertan in that cover three book, but is what it is. You got the best of him in that one. No doubt. Uh, circle that matchup for next year, assuming uh, Adams is there. And uh, we got Mark Linamotes and the defense is locking it down week in and week out. Mistakes were bound to happen. Defense has yeah. been very good. I think that you are going to see them. I think uh, after this last game, their EPA per play dropped to third in the NFL. And I would guess with a couple of these opponents coming up, specifically the Chiefs uh, and maybe the Chargers too, but definitely the Chiefs, that the Broncos maybe fall back to like that five to seven range in EPA per play. You know, they've been banged up. Uh, you have you lost Bradley Chubb. We're not sure about when Randy Gregory is getting back. J- Jacob Martin hurt his knee. I mean, everybody that we're getting is getting injured as soon as they touch the field. It's unbelievable. Who's cursed us? Uh, but Broncos defense has been very good. They're still not taking the ball away, uh, which is a big one. I think it was Justin Simmons after the game or Draymond Jones. Like, oh, what could you guys be even doing anymore? It's like, we're not taking the ball away ever. Like we're not doing scoring points. We could be scoring. We're not creating turnovers. So that's something we could be doing that we're just not right now. So they, they I mean, and again, defense is, it's hard to harp on the defense when the offense and special teams is that much worse uh, than they are. But uh, the defense I think is getting a little bit, they're not as good as the stats indicate because of the ineptitude uh, surrounding these other units. Yeah, the defense. That's a nice way to say the defense is pissed off. <laughs> yeah, because I mean they they got to be, and they are staying as a unit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying that what you're hearing or seeing or anything like that's a lie. No, that's true. I don't know how they're doing it. Um, say what you want about Hackett, he's keeping them together. I don't know if it's him. It's a combination of folks. Or, or what sometimes the truth is in between those two realms uh but for me man it, it's one of those things where if you're looking on the defense like man all right we let our our side down but really you put in the guy that we were told as quarterback is going to lead us to the to the promised land and he doesn't know situational awareness at a late point in the game with the game on the line that's a problem you're going to put yeah. in a running back who is prone to fumbling late in the game. That's a problem. So at a certain point, I think guys are overlooking the players and kind of looking at Hackett like, come on, man, what's going on with some of these decisions? Because uh, the opening drive touchdown, don't get me wrong, first opening drive touchdown in 14 consecutive games. That streak is done. I think, what, it was a 92-yard 90, drive. And that was fascinating to see because we haven't seen it in 14 games, Nick. That's a long time when you start really thinking about it and a lot of bad football. Yeah, a lot of bad football. Uh, Hopefully not that much more bad football here for the Broncos, but only seven more games. But as I've said on here a few times, and maybe this is me just coping, bad football, especially bad Broncos football, is better than no football. I still care. And hopefully you guys do too. Obviously, if you're tuning in, you still care also. (laughs) Michaela Israel saying, yeah, maybe it needed to happen to light a fire in the Broncos from next year against the Raiders. I don't feel like Hackett really was serious enough about the rivalry. Yeah, just listening to him talk about it. He just always, oh, shucks about it. And it's not just like Vic Fangio, who seems like he's grumpy because he didn't get enough sleep. You know, I don't want like that kind. I want a guy who's like, yeah, I I freaking hate the Raiders. You know, that's that's what it's about. He can still be, you know, smiling about it, but I feel like just a little too nice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I agree. You kind of want your, your head coach needs to be kind of a jerk when you start thinking about it. I mean, there aren't a lot of head coaches out there that are just Boy Scouts and gee whiz. And wow. let me sit down and just confess all my darkest sins and, and who I am as a person. They're not that way. And yeah. I, I agree. I think, you know, when he's up there and he's like, yeah, my dad was a coach there and I got to see what it was like growing up. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I, nobody in Broncos country cares, Nathaniel. I'm sorry. Like, we want to see change and results. And I am happy to see that he gave up 
uh, coordinating to Clint Kubiak. Yeah. Again, we're just reacting to the latest loss real quick before we get into the Panthers. Um, but it's too little too late. Just like the cut with Melvin Gordon, I don't want to spend all show. I know you guys really hammered at home the point last night, especially with the news and it's continued news. I mean, this is crazy. Every day it's a new story about Melvin yeah. Gordon. So I don't want to rehash that. And it's low hanging fruit. Uh, but it's just one of these things, man, where it's like, okay, too little, too late. Carolina Panthers, you guys have got to win this game. Coaching for his job, I'm not so sure anymore. I think he'll ultimately get the end of the season. If they get embarrassed in Carolina, I think they might pull the plug in. Part of that is, I think it was Jeremy Fowler today had an article come about come yeah. out about some of the hot seats, and uh, it was Nathaniel Hackett on there, and they talked about how Giro Evero is a interesting candidate right now that's definitely going to get some interviews you hear Draymond Jones and all of these defensive players talk about it they really like uh is your ever on a lot of these defensive coaches so he might get a shot here if the Broncos have any interest in Evero as a uh, head coach next season maybe they uh, give him that shot now I do wonder if there's any if you give him the interim head coach role is there any way to put that genie back in the bottle let's let's say you hire an offensive coach next year like Dan Quinn would be okay with bringing uh, him in and keeping Evero around. Can you put Evero back to defensive coordinator after he's interim head coach? I, I don't know. I think the Broncos did do that with uh, Eric Studesville when he was the interim head coach and he went back to running back coach, but we'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, they, it does seem like the Broncos, if they move on from a uh, Hackett, uh, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator from the uh, Dallas Cowboys who are playing great football right now would be the most logical candidate, but we'll see. It's a long process yet. And Hackett's still here. Yeah, Vic Chen coming in here saying uh, Nathaniel Hackett isn't smiling anymore. He can see stress on his face. Absolutely, and you don't only have to see it. He'll tell you all about it, Nick. It's one of these things where he's up there and he's like, yeah, at a certain point I went to press the button. I didn't know what button it was. Forgot I gave a play call for a second. Couldn't talk to Russ and didn't exactly know what I was doing here or there, but G-Shucks, you know, I, I lost my voice and it's like nicest guy in the world. I love that you tell us the truth, but probably shouldn't be saying all of that, at least into the microphone. Um, it definitely rubs Broncos country the wrong way because things are bad right now. They lost six out of the last seven games. You know, the playoffs are not happening. You still have divisional games against the Chiefs, two of them, and then the Chargers. I mean, man, it's not getting any easier from here. And then to hear your coach say, I don't really know after someone's got to win this game. I mean, it's like, oh, man, kind of face in palm moment. Yeah, face in palm moment for sure. I mean, it's just... Nathaniel Hackett, the whole thing has grown kind of thin. And I've used this example before. I even cut it up and made an edit of it. But it's the, the uh, what is it, stepbrothers scene where they're interviewing in the tuxes. And it's like, you guys, I get it. It's kind of our Seth Rogen's interviewing them to be janitors, like a sports store or something. It's like, it's ironic. We're in the tuxes making light of the whole attire thing. I dig it. And then John C. Riley just rips the wettest squeaker, squeaker of all time. And he's like, okay, did you just do what I think you did? It's like, yeah, I can taste it. It's, it's onions and ketchup. Now the Tuxes seem kind of effed up. And everything with Nathaniel Hackett at this point, the more we get to it, it's like, it just seems kind of effed up. He like, can't do anything right, uh, which is it all his fault? No, but Broncos country better hope that the majority of this maligned season is because of the coaching staff. Because if it's Russ, a lot harder to dig your way out of this hole. Well, and there was some situational awareness from errors from him in the game too. Oh, some yeah. penalty, some penalties that were obvious. First down, you know, move the chain 
type penalties that could have been accepted that for whatever reason, I don't know if that's his analytics guy sleeping on the job, him deciding to go another way or what the deal is. All we can do is speculate. You're exactly right. I mean, he doesn't seem to be doing anything to help himself. Uh, the Broncos have only scored four touchdowns in their five home games in Denver. That doesn't fly with this crowd. They got up for the Raider game and were severely disappointed. Yeah. Um, 13 total touchdowns. It's just unacceptable. Nick and Phil McLaughlin coming in saying good evening, Luke, Nick and Deacon Scott wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving. What exactly does our offensive coordinator, Justin Outen do? I've thought throughout the year, there are too many cooks in the kitchen. Hashtag go Broncos. Hashtag MHH for life. Justin Outen, Nick, um, we, we basically found out what well, we all speculated that Clint Kubiak was chosen because of his previous experience calling plays last year for the Vikings. Not that he's a seasoned play caller by any means, but Nathaniel Hackett couldn't give it up to Justin Outen, a guy who's never done it. He kind of passed the, the torch, so to speak, over to Clint Kubiak saying they spend a lot of time with Russ and I really wanted Clint to do it. What was your take on Justin Outen giving up the uh, or being passed over for? the play calling duties for the Denver Broncos offense. I think because he's never done it before you had to go that way. Uh, but that kind of makes it even more questionable at the higher to begin with to hire Justin out and maybe Nathaniel Hackett, you probably need somebody that you can lean on a little bit better there than they brought in. So it's unfortunate, um, but uh, we'll see. And also, yeah, Scott makes the point. Maybe it wasn't Nathaniel Hackett's choice. Maybe it was George Payton, certainly possible, but you know who I'm interested in hearing from this? Justin Outen himself, uh, Mike Kliss recently interviewed, uh, had a little soundbite with Justin Outen on Twitter, and he uh, said that uh, talking with Justin Outen about the situation from Justin Outen, uh, Clint is a proven play caller. In our situation, you just can't move forward with a guy in my position that's never called plays in a game. He's got a great track record with the Vikings, and no coach knows any player better in the building than his, posi his position coach, talking about Russell Wilson and Outen. He knows exactly what Wilson wants and what he's thinking all the time. They're always collaborating. There's a lot of discussion throughout the week. He's got a real strong relationship with Russ. My position is supporting Clinton any way possible, giving him ideas throughout the game. We were going back and forth through that uh, throughout one series to the next, and I thought it was a real good collaboration. So there you go from Justin Outen saying that uh, he supports Clint Kubiak in the decision uh, and that he's still involved, but the Outen's the, or Kubiak's the guy. Well, what else can he say? Like, no, I'm Nothing. pissed off about that. Like, yeah. you're, you know, uh, fortunate to be where you're at anytime you're in a coaching position in the NFL. And, um, you know, I wish good things for Justin Outen because I wish good things for the Broncos. But it's a fair question. You know, how involved is he? How involved is Clint? How involved is Hackett? Uh, you know, is it ultimately Russ's decision? It's a interesting dynamic and one that we don't have the answer to. I think we will one day when the season is over, but it's still going down just like MHI tonight. He is Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. Scott is on the ones and twos. Thank you for joining us on MHI. The Broncos are traveling to Carolina, Nick, where they're favored in this game, right? I think I heard that. And that was a little bit of a surprise to me because two bad football teams <laughs> meeting up. It feels like deja vu. The Broncos and Panthers did this not too long ago and Drew Locke had a good game. I think Deontay Spencer had a good game. Um, just kind of weird flashbacks. And here we go. Broncos Panthers part two. Always love playing the Panthers because Super Bowl 50 is 
the best thing we have to cling on to uh, right now. And um, and heck, might as well put those on uh, when the playoffs are going on, folks. Uh, We got Kenneth Booker coming in 499 saying, what's the Denver's projected record if we kept Vic? At least he was good at minimizing penalties and the team seemed more disciplined. It's probably similar. I mean, there's so many, you change one variable like that and so many things change as well. Like, are they not getting injured as much because they have Vic? Who's to say, right? Uh, the team so, hated Vic. I mean, that's you know, that's ultimately it, KB. And happy belated birthday too, by the way. Um, no, man, it's just weird because I hear you. A lot of the same criticisms that Vic Fangio got, that Pat Shermer got. I mean, they're very similar with Hackett right now. But people like Nathaniel Hackett. That's the big difference. He's yeah. a nice guy. Um, he wants to speak you know, and, and tell you the truth. He's not going to give you a bunch of cliches. I mean, he'll throw a few out there about accountability, but that's pretty much it. And so Broncos country, they're, they're frustrated because they're tired of seeing the ultimate loss. I mean, six out of seven games is horrible. You're playing a bad Panthers team. Sam Darnold is starting. I mean, three quarterbacks in three weeks for the Carolina Panthers. You have to win this game. Yeah. You'd hope. I mean, again, Carolina has a pretty darn good defense on paper, a lot of talent. Uh, so it's going to be rough to see, uh, watch this game. But I don't even know what the over under is yet. I'm guessing it's pretty darn low because these are two pretty bad offenses going here. I actually think for a while there, Carolina actually had the worst offense in football in terms of EPA. They beat up on the Falcons a little bit, uh, whose defense didn't look that great on the Thursday night a couple weeks ago. But it's not a uh, not a very two very poor offenses, uh, unfortunately, in this game. But hey, maybe that's what the Broncos need. Uh, we got Michaela Israel saying, "I just don't believe we will win." I mean, what have the Broncos <laughs> done? What what have the Broncos done to make you have any faith that they would win? Unfortunately, right. but uh, this is a team where if the Broncos can get after Sam Darnold and he inevitably throws it to the other team, maybe this is the game where Patrick Sertan gets that monkey off his back with the interception. I mean, Patrick Sertan. He got kind of dogged on that last play of the game, you know, getting screamed at by Devontae Adams. You know, you're not ready yet. You're not there yet. And uh, hasn't had Mm. an interception all season. Maybe this is a game where Sertan not only picks it off, but capitalize or puts a period on his all pro campaign, taking one to the house because Sam Donald should be throwing balls to the other team. Yeah, and Russell Wilson should be scoring touchdowns too. I, I mean, this offense has got to yeah. get it together. I don't care if it's one guy doing it. I think Greg Dulcich has got to have a big, big game. Uh, this Carolina defense is no joke, like you mentioned, but I think you're right about Pastor Tan. I think he's got some get back coming for somebody. It just happens to be the Panthers this week. Uh, he's a very pride filled player, um, likes to play with a lot of emotion and is very humble at the same time. So I'm curious to see how he will bounce back. I've got all the faith in the world, just like everybody else does in Pastor Tan. It's just odd to see a guy. Um, who we've just been celebrating for being one of the premier corners in the league, get beat up like that. But it happens. KB coming back in. Will Denver score 30 points this year? Oh, man. It's got to happen sometime, right? I mean, the rest of the season, that's tough. Seven games? Is that right? Seven games? I don't know if it's going to happen. That's sad. I almost just cursed there. But that's sad. They just are so injured. And they're lacking dynamic guys. Uh, they're they're horrible. The, probably the worst running back room in football, least talented running back room in football. Russell Wilson isn't playing well and f- points across the league are down. The offense is down. Passing is down. These games are, it's a cyclical, uh, but run running the football is back in style. And just because of that, there's less attempts. Possessions are longer, less drives and less points and less explosive plays. 
And the offensive line is dog crap right now, too, because of the injuries that you mentioned earlier. Uh, it's it's just it's really tough when you see these things continue to pile up and you start talking about what you'd be thankful for. And for the Broncos right now, one of the things I mean, we talked about it earlier, that streak was beaten, uh, snapped, if you will, 14 consecutive games without an opening score drive. Check that off the list. The Broncos did that this uh, this last week against the Raiders, ultimately lost that game. But uh how about they got a first round pick back? That's something I'm super optimistic about. No. Um, w- when you start to look at things and Russell Wilson definitely deserves the criticism that he's getting right now. No, I don't think he's washed up. I don't think his game is finished. I think that he has got to play better. I think the coaches and him don't gel. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the off season because the Broncos are married to Russell Wilson. Like we've talked about at nauseum on this show, uh, but it's tough, but you still don't have an identity right now. And I think that's really, really tiresome and bored for Broncos country. Yeah. I'm thankful for the change of the play caller just because right now we need to lean on hope. <laughs> so the Broncos offense looked as good as they had, I guess they looked pretty good against the Jags, but considering they were without KJ Hamler, considering they were without Jerry Judy, uh, the offensive line injuries, Melvin Gordon fumbling it again, taking points off the board more than likely. Uh, the Broncos moved the ball pretty well and looked like that script in the first half was pretty good. So I'm excited for hopefully this Bron- this offense to be improving a little bit under Kubiak. I know it's still the Russell Wilson offense. Did you did you get a chance yet to see the uh, the heat map um, from this game from Russell Wilson? I did. Were you surprised? Oh, I mean, it's, it's classic. It's vintage Russell Wilson. I think he had <laughs> two targets between the hash marks, which is just insane but uh it's where we are it's, i mean we knew this limitation with russell wilson got to figure out how to be explosive without targeting that area of the field but uh before that let's talk about giving thanks trevor comes in and says i really appreciate the job you and everyone at mile high huddle do the pods have really provided a good outlet and a way to find things to focus on with my family illness circumstances that's why i haven't been on as much but still listen to the re-air podcast on apple podcast i'm truly thankful for everyone at mile high huddle and everything they do for the from the articles to pods. Thanks guys. Well, Trevor, you got to take care of you and yours. Uh, hopefully things are improving uh, there on your end. I know things can be tough, especially this time of year when stuff like that feels like it's amplified, but um, thinking about you and really, really do appreciate the kind words. Yeah, Trevor, happy Thanksgiving, man. We're thankful for you and the rest of Broncos country. And uh, yeah, hopefully things are getting a little bit better for your family. I know how that goes. Everybody's been there and uh, wishing you and yours a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for the time. Uh, Yeah, and that's speaking of time. I mean, Broncos country dedicates a lot of their time to the Broncos. And Mm -hmm. that's another thing I think you can be thankful for if you're a member of broncos country a fan of the denver broncos these guys are out there and they do a lot of good community work speaking of time they donate their time russell wilson's always out there children's hospital i saw baron browning is buying turkeys for texas i think a town in texas i don't know if he's from texas or or what's going on there okay that would make sense um justin simmons does a lot of work i mean andrew beck with his salute to service volunteerism i mean so many broncos mike purcell the list goes on and on and on dalton reisner it's super impressive to see guys really get out in the community and spend time on giving back yeah really and uh shout out again trevor uh Appreciate you. And uh, if you ever need to reach out, we're on Twitter. The handles are always on the show. <laughs> God, 
No branding though. Uh, KB82, 499 saying, who does Denver part ways with this offseason? Glasgow, Darby, Reisner, Kush. That's a decent amount of cap space. Uh, that could be one thing. You took one of the ones out of my mouth. One of the things I'm thankful for, some cap flexibility. Now, I'll be a little <laughs> bit bummed uh, to move on from Graham Glasgow because we've had some back and forth discourse. Uh, follows myself on Twitter, and he's always been, uh, I think, a very intelligent, uh, well-spoken individual who's uh, accessible as well. If Iowa plays Michigan in the Big Ten Championship, I'll have to give him a hard time, but uh, he's be pulling for his uh, Michigan this week against Ohio State. But uh, Glasgow, I think you can save you, you can save a good chunk of money moving on from Glasgow. You can save a good chunk of money moving on from Darby. Reisner's a free agent, so he's probably gone. And Cushenberry, I think you do keep Cushenberry just because he's still on his rookie contract. He'll be a fourth-year player, so it'll be the last year of his deal. And you're already going to be shuffling the offensive line so much. I think Kush will probably have to show that he can play guard as well because I don't want him starting next year, so he needs to have a little bit of versatility in there. Uh, but those first three, probably probably gone. Uh, Darby's an interesting one, and it's going to really depend on how things uh, go down the stretch here. Yeah, out of all those, I think I would keep Darby if I had to. I think you could see uh, – I mean, it's, it sounds extreme, but – this it's that bad. You could see a whole new unit for the offensive line next year. Uh, you don't know what Garrett Bowles is going to look like after his rehab and depending on how those things go. Um, you know, he's no spring chicken. I think he's going to work his tail off. I know he's going to work his tail off to try to get back, but just like Javante, when guys get hurt, you always kind of wonder if they will be the same and um, you wish him well, but it's so bad. The offensive line that George Payton has got to figure this out. No more Band-Aid approaches. You've got to start developing guys immediately on the job through the draft. Uh, you need to do that in free agency. You might need to trade. Do whatever you can. You said you would be in on every big deal. It's time to be in on some big deal for the big men up front uh, because, yeah, Russ is holding on to the ball way too long, but in the first half of that Raiders game, he was getting rid of it so quick. The underneath routes were there. And the dink and dunk happened, and it was nice to see. It provided a long bomb, uh, set up a few nice plays on the ground, and then it was just completely abandoned, and, and it was so frustrating to see. But, yeah, there's going to be a total overhaul. KB, you're right. Yeah, and some other guys to look out for. So, Scott, thank you for helping in the background here. You can save $10 million for moving on from Glasgow. That seems probable at this point. Darby. 10 million. That's a lot of cash. Maybe you want to use that 10 million. I mean, you could sign yourself a really good right tackle uh, from moving on from Darby for $10 million. So that's one. It, it's going to depend on how Quan uh, Williams, what he's looking like when he's back healthy, what the scheme is going to be. And also Demario Mathis uh, down the stretch. But I think that that 10 million's tempting. Uh, no doubt. Josie jewel, 5 million, probably rather to keep him than, uh, you have to keep Josie Jewell. You yeah. have to keep, I mean, like Griffin getting hurt. I mean, it, like he, you've got to keep Singleton. I think yeah. he was on a one-year deal, right? Yep. To come back to Denver. I mean, sign him up now. Like, yeah. I mean, do it, George. You got it because linebackers have been dropping like flies here in the Mahai yeah. City. Absolutely. Uh, Jacob Martin, you can save $4 million. Moving on from him, Mike Purcell, 3.5. And uh, Chase Edmonds, I think it's 6 or $7 million you can yeah, save from moving on him, from him. So uh, that's uh, those are some ones that you can create a lot of cap space. I mean, th that's two starting offensive linemen uh, worth of contract there with uh, Darby, Glasgow, and uh, Chase Edmonds that can really give you a, a jump start on improving that unit and not make it so that way if you don't take an offensive lineman with your first pick from the 49ers, the unit is sunk. 
Oh, sunk. That's tough. That's you're talking about the Broncos offense. You must be if the word is sunk. Robert Murka coming in here. I hope the Broncos utilize Kendall Hinton's speed next week with a couple jet sweeps. He has a motor. He does have a motor, Robert. You're exactly right. That guy's a football player. Um, like John Madden, RIP would say, you know, he's a football playing Jesse. That guy, he's just he'll do anything to win. And, and that's why Broncos country love him. That's why football players love him. His teammates love him. I don't care what it is. Jet sweep. Uh, Russell Wilson seems to make him a primary target half the time, just like Cortland Sutton. Uh, but Jerry Judy, again, Nick, didn't practice. KJ Hamler didn't practice. You, you're still down a lot of guys in this offense. Latavius Murray should be the lead back. You're going to see a couple new faces here this week. Chase Edmonds, of course, playing. Um, but what is it divine Iaglo? is that the last name of the other third running back the broncos a, a Zig, call a zigbo a zigbo okay there there it is divine zigbo uh is going to be the third back i believe this sunday as the broncos travel to carolina yep we'll see those guys and i do think i haven't asked on this uh but darnell Darnell Henderson, Daryl Henderson uh, was waived from the Rams uh, the other day, and he ends up on the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. Broncos Just, are. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and Justin Hollins to the Packers. Justin Hollins to the Packers, too. But I think the Broncos probably put in a claim on Henderson, but with the Jags having higher priority, having the worst record uh, that they were able to scoop him up, which is really unfortunate because, you know, they still got Travis Etienne. You don't need him. We need him. You guys, we have Marlon Mack and Latavius <laughs> Murray. That have been an okay running back duo six years ago uh but man it's <laughs> it's bleak here that's a god bless latavius because he's you know it's the rugby rugby scrum running game what he averaged 2.9 yards per carry but damn he held on to that football and he's okay at the goal line uh but broncos got to work on that running back room this offseason no doubt uh hunter coming in saying what's your opinion on mathis thus far men i really like mathis's what's the word he's he's got that dog in him if that's a, as the kids say, right? So if you're playing opposite of Patrick Sertan, your cornerback number two opposite him is going to get tested. And that means that they're going to have to have a short-term memory and they're going to have to go out there and compete every play. Now you're going to get beat sometimes. And sometimes you might make a uh, more aggressive play than you should, but you're gonna have to go out there and compete. You cannot be timid out there. You cannot be questioning yourself. I think Mathis has played extremely well uh, in that role. All things considered, he still does not fully trust his technique. Uh, he can get a little bit, bitey on some plays and get a little bit over physical beyond that five yards uh, from the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, we haven't seen the penalties as much as that Los Angeles chargers game. One of the most pens pass interference games we've ever seen. But I think as he continues to trust his technique, he's going to get better out there. Now, is he ever going to be a cornerback one caliber player opposite? So we have like two cornerback one players, probably not. Uh, but if he can be a cheap uh, cornerback two on a rookie deal, I mean, that's, that, that gives you a lot of options to improve the roster elsewhere. So uh, I've been overall impressed with him. He was probably my, probably my favorite draft pick in this last class as well. Uh, one of the guys that I said, Oh, the Broncos have two picks here in the early, of the fourth round. Who'd you like to see them? It's take Damari Mathis was one that I listed multiple times. Uh, so been excited about him and that uh, he's doing definitely playing above uh, his draft slot at the uh, fourth round. 
Yeah, I like his play too, and his teammates respect him. That's a big thing right away for a rookie to come in and do, not only be playing in the lineup, to, but to be respected by his teammates. And he's got a teammate, uh, he's got a host full of teammates that are salty veterans in Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons who can cover and camouflage some of those mistakes at times. They can teach this guy on the job what they're seeing in real time. But you're exactly right, he's raw. Uh, he's a blue collar kind of corner that you're going to need. You're exactly right. Opposite of Pastor Tan, you're not going to have a flash in the pan corner that's going to come around. You're going to have a guy that's going to bring his lunch pail and boots to work kind of corner. And I like Damari Mathis a lot. He's got to live up to that number, though, man. That's a tough number to be wearing out there for the Broncos defense. Of course, I'm referencing number 27, uh, worn by Pro Football Hall of Famer, the smiling assassin, Steve Atwater. That's pretty cool man to still say that and i know the broncos are still getting snubbed out there in canton but cool to see demarcus Ware. shout out for him uh getting what selected as another finalist i don't know where they're at in the selection but uh pretty cool anytime you see a bronco hang his hat in the pro football hall of fame and 27 is just a great number for especially for a defensive back so we appreciate that uh any luke i think you're back up another thing that you're thankful for this Another thing that I'm about the okay. player being gone. Uh, yeah, too little, too late though. I, and I'm not going to like just bash on it. It's bizarre now. Some of the behavior yeah. that you're seeing, it's expected, but it's also bizarre. Um, but it's too little, too late. And those grown men know that in that locker room, but they're still together right now, which is weird. They have so many reasons and excuses to splinter, but they're not. And I wonder if that's what's holding George Payton back. Tried playing devil's advocate in the car today, driving to a doctor's appointment. I'm thinking, okay, I'm George Payton. I made a commitment to Nathaniel Hackett. But wait, he also made a commitment to me that this offense was going to be productive and efficient and score points. And that's not happening. So where do we hold each other accountable? What are those lines? What do they look like? And Scott's exactly right. I mean, this this move for the play calling decision could have been handled by GM George Payton. We don't know uh, his level of involvement. Things are locked down over there at Dove Valley at UC Health Training Center. Uh, we have no way of knowing, just speculation. I think you're going to see things trickle out with players leaving, specifically in the offseason, and we'll eventually know. But uh, Nathaniel Hackett needs to make a case to stay. And he needs to at least act like he's been there before. He's a coach's son. He knows what this game's about. But um, I get that your voice was hoarse. But don't say some of the stuff that you're saying. He needs to be coached up and prove that the moment's not too big for him because he's on a short leash right now in Broncos country. They're turning on him quick. Yeah, I mean, turning on him, turned on him. Past tense. I mean, it's happened. We've been there. Uh, for Hackett now, Peyton, Peyton's starting to get a little bit of that as well, which – you make moves that aren't working out, it's going to happen. But one thing I am thankful for here now that it's my turn talking about Peyton, Peyton's last two draft classes. That's what I'm really looking forward to this last half of the game. We kind of already went on uh, Damari Mathis a bit, but how is this Broncos team going to get better given where they are right now in the roster? Peyton needs to keep stacking good draft classes, and he needs the draft classes that he's had these last two years to really continue to step up and improve and become good players and overperforming uh, their contract value. I already think that you are there with a few guys. I mean, Patrick Sertan's getting paid good money, but nine overall being potentially being the best cornerback in football, you're getting a surplus value on that one. Baron Brown, if he's a starting caliber edge with the, what was it, 100th overall pick in that draft, if he can be a average edge rusher from that pick, you're getting a surplus value. Uh, Quinn Miners is a starting guard with the like 95th overall pick. That's 
value as well. And then, of course, you have uh, Dulcich playing better. I think I'm excited to see what he can do. And Mathis and maybe Nick Benito getting a little bit more run. I did think it was interesting considering uh, this Broncos-Raiders game, how little we heard from uh, Nick Benito in that game. I mean, I didn't even recognize him out there, I guess. I wasn't really looking for him, but you think he'd make a little bit of an impact given there's so many opportunities there with uh, Gregory and Chubb out now. Didn't hear much from him. But uh, a lot of this uh, George Payton draft classes, these young guys stepping up, filling in roles. It's a little bit of a bummer to see Caden Stearns out. I would, If he was healthy right now, I think he'd probably be starting to relieve Kate Kareem Jackson from some snaps because he looks a little slow out there. I guess we'll put it that way. I don't want to say anything too bad about Kareem because he's a scary man, uh, but uh, he'll, come, he'll, come, he'll come kill you over there in Seattle. No, uh, you're exactly right. I think some, and he plays out of position. That's what he does. Um, he's an instinctual player, so he gets beaten that, that right. But yeah, he's been a step slow. I don't know that Caden Stearns will be playing instead of Kareem just because you bench Kareem, you definitely lose the locker room because that's a voice in the locker room and players are going to go with him. If he goes to the bench and gets a, you know, almost cursed again, a bad attitude. Uh, I don't know that Evro would do that because of the respect he has for Kareem Jackson, but you're within your right to say, and the argument should be there, you know, okay. Are we talking pride? Or are we talking, let's try to win this, this particular play on third yeah. down, get us off the field in Kansas city so we can snap the streak against the chiefs. The, these are the kinds of things that, that the head coach ultimately is going to hang his hat on. And Broncos country knows that. And as, as well as Ebro is doing, and I love that he is so humble and he's saying that was absolutely not Pat Sertan's fault that we lost that game. We are a unit and uh, all the great things that you want to hear from Ebro, Right. But yeah, those articles are, are definitely being written. They're out there. There, the heat is real. Ezro Evero is getting uh, real looks, I think, and he's going to get real looks as a candidate for multiple teams this year in the offseason if the Broncos don't lock him down as um, a coach of the future. Not sure what that's going to look like, but uh, Nathaniel Hackett, man, you got to have some sort of awareness. And Colton coming in, give me Luke, Luke, Luke. Uh, here we go. Thank, happy Thanksgiving, man. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining MHI. He's Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. Scott on the ones and twos. Uh, Trevor weighing in real quick saying the Broncos need to draft offensive linemen in the draft, at least draft three, build up the trenches. That's exactly right, because you don't even have starting material right now all across the board, but you damn sure don't have depth. I mean, that's been tested and the, the injury report today wasn't very good. Um, it, it just continues to nag the Broncos and really chop them up. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. And uh, you sent me that injury report earlier. Maybe we should talk about that here as we start to wrap up this show. And on the injury report today, limited, I believe, Justin Simmons. Rodney Garcia asks, "What's what about Justin Simmons? He doesn't look like himself the past couple of games. He's, well, he's been dealing with a knee injury. Uh, he's on the limited list. He missed that Titans game, obviously. And uh, he gutted through this last week, but he's still uh, definitely dealing with a lingering knee issue. Yeah, that's a bummer. He's another leader of your defense. He's a ball hawking type safety. He's not necessarily that that thunder that Kareem Jackson brings in terms of a sledgehammer hitter. Uh, he can be, but uh, he's dealing with something that that's pretty evident. And he's got a lot of young pups back there that are trying to learn on the job, like Damari Mathis, as we mentioned, PJ Locke. That's a bummer too. KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy. We talked about that. 
uh it's tough you but you got to deal with it because no one's going to feel bad for you especially the carolina panthers i mean they're trying to look at it as let's move move on and move forward and try to get a win at home and we could do that against the denver broncos that's where we're at right now i mean they've been called the get right team because you get right against them and that's a damn shame and you got to know that the team wants to change that at some point seven games is a lot of games that's a lot of football that still needs to happen. A lot of time. These guys cannot be miserable for the next seven weeks because they will implode. I am thankful that the Broncos have ownership at least right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they can hang their hat on the one. Walton Penner ownership. Uh, Joe Ellis, I joked earlier last week, isn't going to be giving the same boring speech at the end of the year, state of the union where we're at and how we're going to move forward and how things are unacceptable. Broncos country's trying to figure out the Walton Penner ownership, trying to figure out what level of involvement that they have, what level of accountability that they have, because it's unprecedented. We don't know who they are as owners. Uh, You could be such a demanding personality, a dynamic presence that can win championships Mm -hmm. like craft in new england and i hate to bring that up but it's the truth or you could be more like jerry jones with the cowboys who can at times be a little overbearing doesn't get there the davises are the same way with the raiders but hey they just beat the broncos so it's hard to throw too much shade at them uh but ultimately it's tough broncos country's got to figure out the ownership the ownership's got to figure out broncos country and i'm at least happy that that was resolved the broncos aren't a nameless faceless franchise happy for ownership that's for sure that being resolved still figure it looks like we got to get head coaching right still and maybe quarterback but we'll see what that looks like uh, over these next couple years worm from air coming in 999 saying happy thanksgiving to all of the mhh family enjoy tomorrow well enjoy today enjoy tomorrow enjoy the whole hopefully you have friday off too and we're kicking off in the holiday season as well so hopefully you guys are all doing well and uh, hopefully everybody can have a good day tomorrow uh getting in some people not having a good day. The injury report here. It's long again for the Broncos, unfortunately. And <laughs> let's get into the do not did not participate today first. Now it is Wednesday, the first day that the injuries are announced. So this is the probably the most guys will be on this list, and it'll start to you'll start to get a better idea who's going to be out. But the did not participate today. Both KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy out today. KJ with the hamstring. I'm not expecting to see him. Jerry Judy maybe with the ankle, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's out. Jonathan Harris with the knee injury. Jacob Martin showed up with the knee injury today, too. Didn't know about that one uh, until today. And then Quan Williams still with the wrist, elbow, and knee. God, we're doing some head, shoulders, knees, and toes in here with this list. Uh, did not He's participate. Club. At- yeah, God. He'll probably be out as well. So the ones that you're keeping an eye on are probably Martin, uh, maybe Judy as well. But those guys should play. And then as far as limited, Andrew Beck with a hamstring injury. Long snapper, uh, Boban Meyer with the hand. Uh, Jonathan Cooper with the knee, DJ Jones with the hand, Latavius Murray with the wrist, Mike Purcell with the ankle, and Justin Simmons with the knee. Guessing most of those guys are going to go. They're just limited today. But uh, that's that's a pretty extensive list of injuries there. Yeah, it just continues to grow. And I think Clissy had it earlier too, like 157, 158 million now on the IR for the Broncos. Number one, you're you're rated there. Um, it, it's tough. It, it's really tough. You got to grin and bear it. But again, seven games, that's a lot of football that still needs to be played. It can either be miserable or they could try to put together a streak. I mean, 
what about that? That's not even being talked as an option right now. I know it's crazy. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. We don't mm-hmm. think it's probable, but it is a possibility that the Broncos go on a streak. I don't think they can win um, two games. It's hard to, for them to get one game, but seven, that would be really tough. And Nathaniel Hackett definitely comes back for another season with an exclamation mark on it. It's possible, just not likely, right? It's... I would say it's what it is. <laughs> Scott and I were joking earlier. What do you put the percentages on? I'd say 90% he's gone by the end of the year and then 10% he's back. And then Scott, I thought you were going to say 10% he's gone before that. So I think it's very <laughs> unlikely that that happens. Unfortunately, so tell but me there's a chance. There, yeah, there's a chance. Uh, but uh, the Broncos schedule, at least it does not look as, as formidable as it did. Now, obviously you still have games against the Ravens, two against the chiefs and one against the chargers, but the Panthers, I mean, you got a chance now, and I think the Broncos might even be favored in that one. I would, I would not be betting on the Why? Broncos right now. Why? Uh, Panthers have an even as bad they're of an offense. Too. <laughs> yeah, they're they're also horrible. But also the the Cardinals look terrible. I don't know if you saw that uh, former Broncos coach Sean Coogler was fired the day before yeah. Monday night for groping somebody, which is horrible. God, I guess good riddance on that one. God, uh, horrible. You're right. And then the Rams also look terrible. They might be starting Bryce Perkins this week and they've been one of the worst teams in football also so broncos got three winnable games uh left on the schedule they're probably gonna win one of them right uh, and then you have the Chargers at home the broncos are always feisty against the chargers uh it'd be fun to knock the chargers out of the playoffs of that last game and then chiefs i mean who's just gonna up. be left by just then nick who's We're gonna be left up. by then we be- can't even get guys back to practice baby like come on it's yeah. it's like that's where we're at because you're exactly right i you're trying to take an op like an optimistic approach because there are possibilities so yeah we have to talk about them at least because i mean crazier things have happened i guess but it's hard to see it worm from air coming back in appreciate you so much another 999 super can we get an article that breaks down every injury we have had this year because I swear it's over 35 injuries. Yeah, if you head on over to milehighhuddle.com, it feels like it's always being referenced in articles because it's hard to ignore, whether that's a player that's talking at a press conference like Latavius Murray. I mean, finally, they have this man talking now um, because he's taking the lead start role, but it's crazy. The injuries are nuts. Everyone has a theory. Um what is it, Nick? What's your theory? I, I, I don't know. I like just kind of listen to everybody and nod my head because I don't know, but I'm open to, to hearing theories. Uh, it's hard to prove that a certain theory is the reason for X amount of human beings, separate injuries. A lot of hammies though. Not yeah. a hammy. I think it's because Venus is in retrograde. Not, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> Uh, I think that part of it is that the Broncos have signed uh, some injury prone players here as of late for a little bit of a discount. I mean, when Billy Turner misses most of the year because he was injured, Tom Compton hasn't seen the field yet because he was injured. You signed Randy Gregory and four games in he's injured. I mean, here's your sign. Uh, that's not a shock, uh, but I think a lot of it is also unfortunate luck. I'm not in the room. I don't know the responsibilities of everybody. I'm not trained in sports. Uh, can easy, uh, kinesiology is that the right yep the right word um so that's the uh yeah so i again i'm not an expert what i would like to see is the broncos extremely wealthy uh ownership invest a lot of money in nutrition and training and everything like that like they're you're hamstrung by some of the contracts you have you're hamstrung by the salary cap you're not limited to these investments around this team to get this unlimited unlimited. there you go so that's (laughs) 
I think that's what um, hopefully I'd be doing, but it's it's been nuts this season. You got to address it somehow. You're exactly right. You need to turn it over to the experts. Um, that's one thing that Pat Bowen was celebrated for, right? Always, never, or I should say, never uh, stopping to say, wait a second, that's too much. I mean, he would not spare any expense when it came to making sure the Broncos had the resources that they needed, but the expectation of winning came with it. Broncos don't win games. Should they be getting all these things? That argument could be there too. If you got to build a franchise, though, you've got to build them up. You can't just constantly tear them down. Um, Something needs to happen. This team needs a spiritual awakening, a shift of some sort, And while GM George Payton, I think he should get a lot of credit. I've definitely looked at him a lot harder this year, not only with Nathaniel Hackett, but with kind of allowing some of the stuff that's been happening. But then you look at the flip side of that. That's my raw emotion. I I take that out and I say, okay, you just hired a head coach. Do you want to hamstring him? We're talking about all these hamstrings, right? Do you want to hamstring him by taking command of his team? Do you want to meddle and be that kind of a GM? So you do have to play devil's advocate a little bit um, when you're looking at the Denver Broncos. It's hard because these yeah. these fans and me, you, Scott, everybody's sick of watching the same thing that results in a loss and hearing about accountability and the coach doesn't know what he's doing. It's not fun. And it's yeah. not fun to talk about at the water cooler at work with your boys, with your girls, with your family, your friends, your buddies. It's not fun when you are the butt of the jokes because you're a member of Broncos country. And I'm, I'm tired of it too, man. Yeah, and I don't even fault people uh, for why – why do I keep tuning in when it's fun? It's not fun. It's a bad product. And every single week they find new frustrating ways or the same frustrating way to lose games. So I don't blame uh, people for doing that, for being apathetic. We're still going to be here and we got the hope it burns in- eternally here at mile high huddle, uh, but, uh, and internally, but uh, we appreciate you guys so much before we get on out of here. Uh, Luke, we do need to get your final score prediction for this Carolina game. And then maybe a little bit of a uh, Thanksgiving talk. Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to do it, but I think the Broncos are going to win 20 to 13. Uh, 20, 20 to 13, too. They don't get above it. They're lucky to get there. I think the defense has to get a turnover. I think Greg Dulcich gets at least one touchdown. Um, Sam Darnold, I'm not expecting much, but the guy that you will hear a ton about, and you brought him up, number 53, go watch some Panthers film, man. I mean, this guy, Brian Burns, is all over the place. Eight sacks, 14 quarterback hits. He's an absolute problem. I forget how to pronounce this guy's name. You will know. Big number 99, the Greek guy, Matthew Ionatis, I think. Uh, he was formerly with the Washington football team. He's got one forced fumble, a sack, eight quarterback hits. That defensive backfield with J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin, Xavier Woods, uh, it's super impressive. So by no means is the Carolina defense a joke. It's the offense that's having problems down there a lot like Denver, only they don't have a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback signed to their roster. Uh, Kenneth Patterson, <laughs> what's up, man? Happy Thanksgiving, Luke. See you tomorrow. No relation. Absolutely love it. I love the last name. Uh, but no, real quick, some Thanksgiving talk, Nick. Let's open it up to you. I know you're going to be on air, I think, before the game, right? So you're not going to give oh. us your prediction just yet? Actually, I do need to give my prediction. This is the last time I'll be on. We're not Scott and I are not going to go on uh, okay. tomorrow morning because of Thanksgiving. All right. So Let's I'll let it. you go. Uh, me first. I think the Broncos are going to lose. I, I picked up on them this week and they hurt me too bad uh, in this last game. So I'm going to pick them to lose this one. It's I'm hedging my bets here. So if they lose and I get it right, then 
yay. But if right they on. win and I get it wrong, yay. Like actually, yay. So I'm going to have Carolina winning this one. Uh, I'm going to go 17 to nine. Oh, Lord. That's yeah. score. That score. That score is painful. Pitimism. Really, really painful. But some love yeah. coming in when we're. I'm feeling the pain here. GP, the man himself, Gary Leeds Palmer, a generous 1999 super chat. Happy Thanksgiving to MHH and Broncos country. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Gary. We appreciate all of your support and everything you do for us. Yeah, thank you so much, Gary. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, let's hear your. What do you have here? Let's see. I think we're both on the under here. You you got my prediction right. You didn't say yours. Yeah, 2013 Broncos. Okay, God bless, man. I got him getting the 20. I got him getting the 20, man. Yeah, I got him getting there. I think Greg Dulcich helps. Um, They escape Carolina. I I know, it's crazy. Yep, it's a tie. Oh, man. I don't know what that conversation's like if it's a tie. That's I mean, 20 some... points? Hell, hell yeah, sign me up. That's 40 points in a game that the Broncos <laughs> that's are in. An Im- that's, that's an improvement. <laughs> Hit the over. I'm pulling. For, forget the wins and losses. I'm pulling for the bleeping over because I can't uh, take it anymore. Um, but uh, Okay, well, before we get on out of here, Luke, what is your yeah. top – give me your top three thank, uh, Thanksgiving dishes. What are you filling every plate? You're going back for seconds. I'm getting Ooh. more of this. Yeah, all right. Um all right, real easy here because I'm a smart man. You ready for this? My wife's mashed potatoes, right? And my wife, Gina, and I'm very thankful for her and everything she does for me. And then my mama's candied yams. Uh, shout out to my mom. Appreciate you and everything you do. And my dad's going to be there tomorrow. Uh, man, he makes so many good things, and he's taught me how to cook throughout my life. I'm going to be charged with the big bird, the turkey. I've got Brian, and I know he's going to help me whip up some good gravy and uh, set it right for us. So I've got to go candied yams, mashed potatoes, and a third dish. I like gr- the green beans. For some reason, I love green beans, a little bit of onion, They're some good. bacon in there. Um, I love it, man. So those are my three. How about you? Uh, turkey, number one. Anybody gobble, who's gobble. turkey, you have a problem with me. Uh, my boy Josie Jewell grew up on a turkey farm in Decorah, Iowa, so it's even a double assault, a triple assault to me. I love turkey. Uh, prefer it over ham, prefer it over chicken. I feel like everybody who cooks it, oh, it's too dry. You're cooking it wrong. That's that's a, that's a you problem. Um, so or, or your mom. I'm calling out your mom, too. Uh, but I love turkey. Um, then my, my mom found a recipe for like this amazing uh, macaroni and cheese that Natalie my wife now makes so love that Ooh. one as well and then the green bean casserole so the green bean we're getting green all bean. The, the carbs in here but the green bean casserole yeah uh, the mac and cheese and the uh the turkey of course mm, gobble gobble yeah i'm pumped i grew up my dad was never a huge fan of turkey so he would always do something really creative and cool the next year so like prime rib uh seafood lobsters crabs stuff like that different years kind of alternating but since we're hosting our daughter, shout out to my kid, Layla. I'm super pumped for Thanksgiving with you, honey. Uh, it's going to be really, really cool because she's like, look, we want traditional. And I know it's not traditional, traditional for all you history buffs, just like me. Um, but now nah, I'm going to do the turkey thing, doing the brine thing and the football thing. Three games on tomorrow. Uh, that's going to be cool. A little bit different. We're used to just two. And I think now they're going yeah. to three. So that'll be really cool. Robert, thank you so much for all of your support. And uh, yeah, shout out to all of our friends, all of our family, military, law enforcement, fire service, hospital staff, healthcare personnel. Thank you for everybody working on Thanksgiving because I've been there. You've been there, Nick. Um, a lot of our, our heroes, our brethren, our, our brothers, our sisters are out there working. 
on Thanksgiving to make sure that we have what we need in case we need them and keeping us safe. So hats off and thank you to everybody out there who's going to be working tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, Scott, starting the day with pumpkin pancakes. Pumpkin pie, I can't believe I didn't say that. I'm not going back for seconds of pumpkin pie, but uh, I'm a big pumpkin pie fan as well. Oof. A little bit of history. You're talking about your history, Buff. You're talking about that third game. So we've had the Lions and the Cowboys forever, right? Yeah. Uh, do you know who that first, the first matchup when it was not the Lions and Cowboys in recent Sh- histories? Was it Chicago? Was Chicago one of the teams? No. I remember this really? game specifically because it was a, it was a, Somewhat of significant moment. No, just give it to me. I somebody can fact check me on this. I think it was the Broncos versus the Chiefs, and it was the game where Mike Shanahan pulled the plug on Jake Plummer and started the Jay Color era in Denver. I'm I'm pretty sure that was like that first that's, third Thanksgiving game. That's when Jake gave the bird to the I fans. Think so yeah, I think so. But shout I'm out pro- to the snake too. Shout out to the snake, man. Number 16. Got a lot. Wow. That's cool. A little bit of history yeah, there. A little history there. So uh thank uh, you pumpkin guys. So pie? Much. Pumpkin pie, really? I mean, I I'm not I can't do it. It's it's oh. like ba- it's like baby poo. Uh, you know, baby poo. Never mind. We're gonna leave that one. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the pecan pie, but I love pumpkin pie. I'm a big fan of pumpkin in general. I'll oh, drink pumpkin you put spice a little latte. jack. Put a little Jack Daniels in it and make it into a yeah. little Mississippi mud. You'll be, yeah. you'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this pre-Thanksgiving show, we appreciate you so much. Make sure you're following Luke and I on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Patterson LP. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at MHI underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at on our Facebook uh, community at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says there underneath, please subscribe, like, and share to our show on YouTube. Click that bell uh, icon on there so that way you know when we go live. And uh, hit us hit us on Twitter. At, hit us up. Tell us what your favorite Thanksgiving memory is, favorite game, what you're looking forward to, your favorite dish. At me with your Thanksgiving play tomorrow. I'm here for it. Uh, so mm. it'll be a lot of fun. We appreciate you guys so much for joining us. We're thankful. And Luke, the last thing, we're thankful for this community in this chat. That's number one. This Bronco season, what are we thankful for? The Mile High Huddle community. You guys are great. We appreciate you so much. Have a great rest of your night. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, continue to choose compassion and kindness. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.